Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's good to be back in God's house. I missed you all last week. I was on annual leave. But uh, I missed all of you. I was, enjoyed my sleep in. I enjoyed my nice breakfast on Sunday morning, but I still missed you all. I love you more than bacon and eggs. <laughs> But if that Chuck Hash Brown's in there, oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I love this time of the year. I love this time of the year. Gospel of Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read from verse 13. It's good to see everyone that's here. We've got quite a few visitors here with us this morning. We're, we're glad that you've come. We're glad that you joined us today. And we hope you feel welcome here. Luke chapter 2, verse 13. And Say amen when you're there. It says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I wanna, I'm not going to preach long today. This is our last official service for the year. Next, next Sunday we do have service. But it's going to be different. We're going to have a breakfast together. And uh, we're going to do some Christmas carols together. So it's just been, going to be a great time of fellowship. There's already quite a few people away traveling and stuff like that. So, But I do want to share with you just for a few moments this morning on the angel's message. The angel's message. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace. Goodwill towards men. The coming of Jesus shifted the narrative of world history. It signified the start of the plan that God had before time to bring His creation back into communion with Him. The Bible calls Jesus the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, or in other words, before the world was ever created by God, before one word was ever uttered, God already knew in His infinite knowledge and power that He would need to redeem mankind. He knew that mankind would fail, and so Jesus was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. God knew that He would need come to save his people. And so the birth of Jesus on that night in Bethlehem shifted the narrative of world history. And it shifted the way that God related to his creation, his humanity. Because before the birth of Jesus, there was no real answer to sin. The best that they could do was to have sacrifices to push on the sins of the nation of Israel onward to the future, onward, 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 ever onward a sacrifice was done on the Day of Atonement before the birth of Jesus. There was only one way for man to approach God, and that was via the sacrifices at the tabernacle and at the temple. The only one who could enter truly into the presence of God was the high priest, and that alone was only one time of the year. There was no access to the presence of God, no relationship directly with God. Everything was done via proxy. Everything was done through an intermediary. Everything was done via the high priest. And Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 4 tells us that, that this system was an imperfect system. It says, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats could take away sin. And, and so it was 
that at the birth of Jesus, there was little hope in the world. I think the songwriter, he says it so well that long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its Worth. And so it was on that night in the Judean hills over 2,000 years ago as hope was rekindled and the light of man's redemption dawned on the horizon of time. Angels appeared in some hills to a group of shepherds who by night were watching their sheep and they cried out, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards man. It seems to me, and and I don't know, maybe this is just a little bit of my imagination working, but it seems to me almost like it was a spontaneous praise that the angels just had to get out. You read the story and the Bible says that an angel appeared to the shepherds. There was only one angel and that angel gave the message that a savior had been born this night in the city of David in a town called Bethlehem, laying in a manger filled with hay wrapped in swaddling clothes. And and as the angel is telling the story, the Bible says that suddenly a multitude of angels appeared, I guess, behind this other angel. And it's almost like there was something within them that said, I just can't sit silent any longer. I've got to give my praise. I've got to shout out. I've got to do something here. Maybe it's my imagine. Maybe it's, maybe it's not. But I can almost imagine the angels as they just go, I can't take it anymore. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill towards man. And I wonder if the angels just had to tell somebody that the Savior had been born. And and I wonder if there was an irresistible urge that these angels had somewhere deep inside of them to share the news that God's rescue mission had begun. And And I wonder if the reason, I don't know, maybe this is just my funny mind the way it works, but the Bible says the shepherds were guiding their sheep by night. I wonder if you have Jesus because he was born at the nighttime. You know, the the Angels are like, I've just, I've got to tell somebody, but everybody's asleep. Oh, there's some shepherds over there. They're awake. I'm going to go tell them glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Amen. And so it is as we begin Christmas 2019. And it's coming closer and closer to reality. It becomes so easy to lose sight of what Christmas means to us. As saints of the Most High God. You see, because the coming of Jesus shifted the narrative of history. And because the coming of Jesus shifted man's relationship with God. So too should the coming of Jesus have some effect in shifting our relationship with God. And and moving us closer to Him. And understanding what Jesus did for us. And His willingness to lay aside His glory and His splendor. And His understanding that He alone would have to save us. It should shift our relationship with God and it should shift the way we approach God and it should change our relationship with God for the better. And yet at this season of life, at Christmas time, it is so easy, amen, to get caught up in Australia. We call it the silly season. 
the silly season. And, you know, it's, it's so easy to, to get caught up in the rush of buying presents for everybody. And you, you got to make sure that your auntie's got one, your uncle's got one, your cousin's got one, and this so-and-so over here has got one. And you've got 3,922 presents stocked up for everybody in your family. I'm not thinking about anybody right now. <laughs> searching, searching for a car park. At the shopping center, you know how frustrating it is to find a car park at Christmas time. Man, it's like all the car park angels are on vacation. You all believe in car park angels? <laughs> they're the ones you pull into Stockton, they're like, dear Jesus, Lord, I need a car park. And God dispatches a car park angel to get you a car park. <laughs> they seem to be on vacation on Christmas time. Maybe they get time off or something, but, you know, trying to find a car park at Christmas, it's just frustrating, and you, you're trying to get into a car park. You finally get into a car park, and you get into the shopping mall, and it's, it's packed to the gills with frantic people looking for those last-minute last minute presents. You know, you got all your school kids are on holidays, and what do you do in Cairns when it's like 300 degrees outside in the shade? You go to the supermarket. You go to the shopping mall. Okay, I'm exaggerating. <clears throat> it's at least 45. And yeah, you go to the air conditioning, right? And so you, you walk into this place and it's hot because the air conditioning can't cope with the 3,000 people that are packed into Big W. Hello? You, know, you got people trying to sell you something, people trying to sign you up for something, people trying to convince you you need this in your life. And it's, it's stressful. You know, and then you got Christmas parties. You've got travel plans. You've got to decorate your house. You've got to plan the menu. You've got to organize vacation care because inconsiderate teachers want time off at Christmas. <laughs> Any teachers here in the room? I love you. You can have time off. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, sending out the Christmas cards, wrapping up the presents, taking, ticking off all the lists, finishing off all your work before your deadlines are passed. And, and all of these things are not bad in and of themselves. But, but the angels are there and they have a message for you. We need to give glory to God in the highest. Or in other words, this season, let your life bring glory to God. And not just making God somewhere on your priority list, but making God the only thing on your list. Making God the number one person that you want to look after this season. Making sure He gets all the glory from your decisions. Uh, he gets all the glory from where you spend your time. That, that He gets all the glory from what you do and what you think about and where you go. Amen. This season, let Jesus be your number one priority in this life. Amen. Amen. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. It says, And whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31 says, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. You know, and if, if the narrative of world history changed when Jesus entered the scene, so too when Jesus lives in our heart, so too when Jesus is in command of our life, and when we claim to be Christian, we claim to live our life for Him, so too ought our life to be changed. Our priorities need to be changed. Our direction needs to be changed. Our focus, our purpose needs to be changed to say, God, what is your will? I want to do it. What is your purpose? I want to 
to do it. What do you have for me? I want to do it. Amen. Glory to God in the highest. It's the angel's message. Amen. It is important to understand that in this season, we do not get conformed to this world. Amen. We cannot get conformed to its ideas. We cannot get conformed to its systems. We cannot get conformed to its way. Yes, celebrate Christmas. I love Christmas. But don't become like the world as we do it. Amen. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, be not conformed to this world. Actually, it's verse 2, sorry. But be ye transformed by the renewal. Renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let me give you a little something here. The world can only conform you. Only Jesus can transform you. I'm going to say it again. The world can only conform you. It can only make you like them. But only Jesus can truly transform your life. I'm here to tell somebody today, there is no transformational power in the world like Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can set you free from sin. Only Jesus could pay the price. Only Jesus can change your life so that you can bring glory to God. Amen. And that's why as as I reflect on this year that's been, that's why as the pastor I give glory to God. Because I see people in this church and I see lives being changed and I see new directions happening and I see people drawing closer to God I see people being baptized I see people being filled with the Holy Spirit I I see good things happening everywhere I look and for me it's like yes glory to God in the highest he's the one who deserves the glory he's the one who deserves the praise amen and that is the message of Christmas That we can have our lives transformed by the power of God in operation in our lives. That just blows my mind. That just blows my mind. Acts chapter 26 and verse 18, it says, To open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them that are sanctified by the faith that is in me. That's why I glorify God, because that's what Christmas means to me. It represents a time in history where the power to live a transformed life was created, where the power to live a life free from the bondage of sin was created, where we don't have to have the same addictions and the same problems in the same circumstance but we can bring our life to God and say God I surrender to you and I want your will to be done in my life and and God can begin to work don't ever take that for granted church we are a blessed people amen we are a blessed people and that's just the first part of the angel's message to us glory to God in the highest The next part says, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. We often see Christmas cards with the word peace on them. True story. You see Christmas cards with maybe even angels in hills above some shepherds with the words, glory to God in the highest. On earth peace, goodwill towards men. And yet, when you consider how hectic the pace of life is right now, 
and how busy everyone is. I mean, man, I don't know. Am I the only one who gets frustrated that two-minute noodles take two minutes? It's like, come on, faster. You know, we live hectic lives. We live busy lives, amen? And then the stress and the pressure of this season seems to contribute more to whatever the opposite of peace is. Unpeace, peacelessness, chaos, I don't know. But it seems like the world is full of anything but peace. And, and, and more so if you read the newspapers. I mean, my Lord, you need to be on antidepressants just to read the newspapers almost. They're full of bad news. There's nothing really ever good in them. True story? Yeah, it's true. And, and it, it seems like peace is a distant memory if you read the papers. And let, let me give you some statistics. This, this will... This will. This will, this will blow your mind. It blew my mind when I read it. This is taken from the Canadian Army Journal. They wrote an article there on, on world history about peace. Listen to this. It is estimated that in all the years of recorded human history, less than 8% of that time can be described as years of peace. Less than 8%. Since 3600 B.C., 3,600 years before the birth of Christ. The world has known only 292 years of peace, where there was no conflict happening anywhere in recorded history. During that period, so 3,600 BC to today, during that period, there has been 14,531 recorded wars. Just recorded. Never mind the ones that didn't make the history books. Recorded wars in which 3,640,000,000 people have been killed. The value of that destruction would pay for a gold belt around our planet 97 miles wide and 33 feet thick. Right? So that's like 150, 160 kilometers wide all the way around the planet. Since 650 BC, there has been nearly 1,700 arms races, only 16 of which have not ended in war. It's interesting, isn't it? From 1500 BC until now, more than 8,000 peace treaties were signed that were meant to remain in force forever. But the average time of those 8,000 peace treaties remained in force for only two years. Is it any wonder that so many people, not just maybe in the church, but out there are so skeptical of peace? There's no peace. This world is not at peace. Our families are often not at peace. You know, our cities are not in peace. And yet the message from the angels, you know, it, it's, it's hard to reconcile peace on earth with that, isn't it? It's hard to reconcile peace on earth in our life when we're, we're faced with the pressures of life in, in this season. But I want to tell you today, the key part of understanding that verse is in the second part when it says, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. You know, the, the NIV puts it like this, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Or in other words, you see, while between mankind there is often no peace, the coming of Jesus Christ means that there is peace between God and us. And it means that there is goodwill from God 
towards us. And, and, and you know, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born. It's talking about Jesus. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And Jesus told us in John chapter 16 and verse 23, he said, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. You know, the, the, because Jesus came, we have peace with the Prince of Peace. Because Jesus came and because the price was paid, we are at peace with God. And because we have peace with God and peace from God, we can have peace with one another. Amen. Human peace is manufactured. Human peace can never last. But when we build our lives... Oh, hear me now. When we build our lives on Jesus Christ, when we get our mind made up and our focus on Him, and we say, I'm going to live for you, Jesus. I'm not going to turn back. I'm not going to go around. I'm not going to miss out on this. I'm going to make a decision that I will do my best. I will learn. I will be obedient to your word. I will live for you. When we make a decision like that and we stick by it and God begins to work in our heart and He begins to help us, then we can begin to experience that peace in our heart that so many people are looking for out there someone say amen Amen. peace when we have our lives built on Jesus Christ we can experience true peace and and that's another message of Christmas that because Jesus came we can have peace someone say peace. peace John 14 27 Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Someone say, Praise the Lord. And our job as Christians is to then take that peace that we have and do our best to promote peace in our workplaces, in our homes, in our families, with the people that we spend time with. Amen. You know, kids are home from school. I get it. I've got a toddler. You know, if you keep him entertained, he crawls the walls, quite literally. You know, he's just everywhere, full of energy. Right? And it's easy to get frustrated. I get that, mom and dad. I get it. Trust me, I get it. You know, but, but do your best to foster peace in your home. You know, don't. Don't try not to snap and get, you know, just peace. You know, we're promoting peace. It's a season of peace, amen. You know, let's be kind to one another. Let's let the peace of God reign in our hearts and reign in our homes. You know, in the shopping centers when we're doing what we need to do. Let's show the peace that we have to our fellow humans. You know, when you're in your car and you're driving and someone takes that car park that you're about to pull into. Oh, dear Lord, have mercy. That's World War Three. It was my carpet. No. Show peace. It's okay. Maybe God will pull one of those car parking angels back from leave. <laughs> peace. Be kind. Be patient with one another. You know, in our workplaces, you know, I'm seeing it in my workplace. You know, we're getting tired. It's been a long year. People start to get a little grumpy. You know, show peace. Show love. Show patience. Show kindness because that's what God 
has given to us because we have peace with Him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't we all stand this morning? My challenge for you, my last message for this year, is let's live out this season and live out the rest of our lives and everything we can do. Amen. With a, with a view of giving glory to God in the highest. Can you do that? Can you make sure that everything you do in your life is bringing glory to God? Every decision you make, every direction you take, every path that you walk down, every place that you go, let's be determined. I want to give glory to God. I want to give honor to God in my life. I want to put God first. I want to seek Him. I need Him in my life. Bring glory to God. You know, and, and can we be determined that we're going to share this peace that we have with God? Can I tell you that's what the world is looking for? You know, the Bible calls it peace that passes understanding. You know, peace when it doesn't make sense to have peace. Peace when things are in chaos and people are looking at you going, man, you've lost your job, you've lost your car, you've lost your house, you've lost your dream, you've lost your future, you've lost everything. And you're like, eh, it's okay. God's got this. I've got peace still. And that doesn't make sense to the world. That's why it's peace that passes understanding. But, but that's the kind of peace we can have with God. Someone say amen. That's my challenge for you this year. Praise the Lord. Why don't we just close our eyes? We're going to just talk to the Lord for a few minutes. Let's talk. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this day.